True Multifamily is an On Air Brands production and a proud member of the On Air Brands Network. Hey there, True Multifamily listeners. Justin here. Want to make sure you know about our website, truemultifamily.show, where you can stay all up to date, not only on this podcast, but all of our investment opportunities and other projects we have going on. Sign up for our newsletter at truemultifamily.show. See you there. This is True Multifamily, the show where we dive in on what really happens after closing a multifamily property. We're going to expose the role of asset manager. That's a person who has a responsibility of seeing the vision, executing the plan, and managing people, budgets, and timelines, all to deliver returns for our investors. These are the real struggles, the real victories, and the real stories of asset management. Welcome back to another episode of True Multifamily. Very special episode today. My first time interviewing a TikTok star, Sam Grimm. Thank you for coming on the show. (laughs) Cool it with that kind of language, sir. We don't have any stars around here. (laughs) I'm... uh... You know, it's interesting. Normally, I connect with my guests through through business. I know them. I work with them. Um, you have caught my attention on social media, as you have caught many, many people's attention on social media. And so I definitely want to pick your brain uh, on all of that. But Sam, um, before we jump into it, uh, just tell us a bit about you, about what you're doing and, and how you got into real estate. Yeah, for sure. Appreciate having me on. I I appreciate it very much. Um, So yeah, I just got started, I guess, about six years ago. So 2015-ish timeframe, I had a full-time job, um, was planning to just kind of do that until I retired and decided to start investing in real estate on the side, was flipping, wholesaling, started out with houses um, before we got into multifamilies and kind of built that up enough to where we had a consistent, you know, income coming in from our rental properties, and then was able to quit my full-time job and go, you know, all in on real estate. Uh, currently, we own a flipping company. We flipped uh, 204 houses last year, uh, own a rental portfolio of about $16 million currently, um, made up of single families, apartments, and storage facilities, and then doing this faster freedom thing, trying to teach other people how to how to gain financial freedom through real estate. So that's kind of the, the quick and dirty So you don't have much going on these days. <laughs> Not a ton, nope. <laughs> I want to talk about that that quitting the job aspect because a lot of our listeners, I think, um, have started investing on the side. They are um, building a portfolio. How do you know? How do, what's the thought process behind making that leap and jumping into real estate if that is what what you want to do and you want to make this a a career? Yeah, I agree. I think that's I think that's important, Justin, to say that not everybody has to have that as their end goal, right? Because when you do that, you really are betting on yourself, and that's awesome to do, but. I'm not one of those guys, those, those crazy, uh, I, I like Grant Cardone, but one of those crazy, you know, just jump all in head first, don't care if there's water in the pool or not. Um, I was a little more strategic about it, you know, slowly, like I said, built up that rental portfolio where it had, it had a, you know, decent income coming in from that. And then just the timing was right. I was able to, um, you know, start a flipping company and partner on a flipping company that was able to be my active income. So to this day, I don't really take much of my rental income uh, into myself at all. It's just all goes back into business. We're in growth mode, growth mode, growth mode. The goal is hundred million in assets, you know, owned, owned hundred percent by me and my business partner, Lucas, um, by the time we're 40. So we got seven years to do about another um, 80 ish million. So we're going to crank that up. 
But the goal was to substitute my other job income with, you know, active income, not through my rental. So I had that as kind of a backbone or a back support if needed. But the goal was to substitute that with flipping and wholesaling um, single family houses. So that's what we did. We were able to kind of get our business ramped up and go into where we could replace our active income with flipping and wholesaling kind of that, that cash now. And then on the side, continue to grow our rental portfolio of, uh, you know, houses, apartments, and now storage facilities. And it kind of, as soon as I went full-time, the rentals just kind of blew up because you're just in it and focused on it all day, every day. So it made a big difference. I found the same. Um, I'm about, I'm almost three years into my, my full-time real estate and uh, it just, it totally changes everything when, but you know, it, it, if you feel, if you have that drive and you want to get into it, um, then it's always nagging at you. Well, you know, for me, it was like every time I'm working, I've got to squeeze away an hour at lunch before, after work. It's like how I'm building this side thing. And once uh, for me, the decision was made for me. We had a, a mass layoffs at my company, um, but thankfully I was in a position where I could say, okay, let's, now's the time. If, if I needed mm-hmm. a sign, here it is. And uh, it's, it's paid off massively uh, for me over the last three years. Um, so interesting, Unite, uh, similar age, similar similar path there, but two very different paths in real estate. Um, I flipped one house, <laughs> and uh, you're you're at over 200 right now. Um, talk about building that business. You know, how do you build a flipping business? I struggled with it, and and went into multifamily instead. But how do you build that that flipping business where you are not the guy that has to be doing all the work and being in in the middle of it all all the time? How do I have time to do TikTok videos when when I'm flipping, you know, 200 houses in, in a few years? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. The biggest thing is my business partner, Lucas, we own all our rentals together. And then we own our flipping company together with with another partner, Brian, who kind of started the company a few years ago. And then Luke's and I took it over, which was kind of the catalyst to going full time. I'm, you know, taking over this flipping company that, you know, flips a decent amount. Um, Luke's is kind of taking it to the next level, but it's the partnership is what it is. Uh, we decided about a year ago when I started this faster freedom thing that divide and conquer. All right, Lucas, you're going to run the flipping company called Faster House. You're going to focus on that. I'm going to be in the meetings. I'll help out everywhere I can, but that's your gig. And my gig is going to be this faster freedom. Let's get this um, education company off the ground with social media, with, you know, mentorships and all that fun stuff. So that's what it was. So the, you know, that, that faster house company, like I said, that, you know, we flip a couple hundred houses a year, mainly wholesales, but a lot of rehabs as well. I'm an hour meeting a week. That's it. You know, there okay. he's running. He's got an incredible team of about 15, uh, 15 to 16 people on the team that, that buy that, you know, that manage the rehabs that, that sell the houses, all that kind of stuff, do the office work, the marketing. So it's just, you know, having trust in a partner that we each separated, you know, we're still in meetings together doing it, but we don't spend near as much time together. We're both kind of doing our own thing and we can both focus on one thing and, and make it, make it good. Or we can separate and spend our own time, put our own stamps on each company and, and really blow them up such a recurring theme that I hear when I talk to all of all of my guests really and and even in businesses the partnership you know we, we obviously can go a lot further when we have partners and it's how my business has grown so successfully over the last few years um, we have found in the multifamily space you know every one of our partners has a very clearly defined roles and we all add so much more value than if any of us was trying to to do it all so I see that similarity there and uh, it, it just makes sense so whatever business you're in flipping wholesaling, Large multifamily, if you don't have partners, uh, find some because you're going to be able to go a lot further than by yourself. 
yeah, I always tell people kind of you're, you're, you're one relationship away. You know, you might think you're kind of stuck, but if you got to just meet the right person at the right time that fits, you have the, you know, same core value fits, you have the same work ethic, whatever, whatever that is, you, you could potentially just be one relationship or one meeting or, or one connection away from really, really making it. I love that. Uh, and you're absolutely right. And yeah, a hundred percent agree. People on, on this show have heard my story, but the guy that ran the local meetup in, in my meeting that I walked into the first day with one rental property, you know, is now my business partner and we own, you know, 50, $60 million of real estate together. And so it's That's meeting incredible. one person, right? That's you're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, I always go back to the, the like motivational stuff. Cause we'll get in social media, but there's so many damn trolls on there that like, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta always look at the positive side and try to tell people that things are going to be all right. So anyways, that's kind of where that you're just one person away. Don't get too down on yourself. You know, you can do it kind of thing. So I love it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Motivational. Um, so listen, we, I, I introduced you as our, our, a TikTok star here. Um, last I saw 1.1 million followers on TikTok. And I have to say, you know, me, so you're, sounds like you're like 33 or so. You said seven years till 40. Um, I'm 32. Uh, you know, TikTok last year or so, maybe before the pandemic, I, I think had a connotation of, um, you know, something that, that a much younger age group was, was participating in dances, TikTok dances. We hear about this and, you know, and so I'm so curious about the business side of it because I would not have told you a year ago, six months ago, two months ago, that you know, TikTok is the place to go to build a business following or to make business connections with people. Can you give us some insight into the, the mindset there? Yeah, for sure. So my goal in starting this education company, this Faster Freedom, was to, to just grow a brand and we'll see where it goes. And you know, we'll obviously have courses down the line. We didn't have any at first. We'll have mentorships. We'll have things that we'll sell, but just grow a brand, have the social proof. Someone's going to spend some money with you to teach them. They're going to want to go somewhere and see what you've done. So I was doing uh, an Instagram. I just started and a YouTube, just starting those, as you probably know, especially that YouTube is, is tough at the beginning to mm -hmm. get any kind of traction. The space is very, very saturated um, with any types of any type of education, especially real estate. There's so much real estate stuff on there. So I was didn't have TikTok. I, I haven't even been on TikTok a year. It's been like 10 months. Um, yeah, so that. And somebody, uh, somebody said there's a, there's a burrs video, you know, or, you know, the, the buy rehab rent refinance, kind of a, a little bit more of a next level for real estate investors. There's a video on there that this guy, this, this crazy Asian guy Kong had, uh, had like 250,000 views. And I was like, people are talking about that kind of stuff on TikTok. So I thought, well, I'm going to go try it. So I said, I'm going to do one TikTok a day for 30 days. And if it starts to get some momentum, then I'm going to push people to YouTube. The whole goal of it was to grow YouTube. Cause that's okay. where, you know, people see you on there. You can make money from YouTube, decent money. And it's kind of that last box to check if they got a great YouTube channel or giving away a ton of awesome free advice. Well, heck yeah, I want to see what else they offer if you pay them. So that was kind of the goal. And then in those 30 days, I think I had a couple of videos get over 100,000 views, which was insane considering my YouTube videos were getting 100, 150. Now granted, mm -hmm. they're quick little hitters, but still. Um, and then it just kind of snowballed from there and started to continue to do it. And my other platforms have grown because of TikTok. TikTok is the driver to grow any other of my social medias because you can get in front of, you know, I looked yesterday, Justin, my, my biggest video on there has... It's a 40 second video on TikTok. It has over three years of watch time. It's a 40 wow. second video and three straight years of watch time. Incredible. So you can just get in front of so many people so quickly on TikTok. Um, so that's what I've done. And, uh, you know, it, it seemed to have worked pretty well as far as filling the funnel and growing the social media on the other platforms. 
so if any of our audience has not seen your channel, tell us, let's, let's talk about that, that video with the three years of time. What is the topic? Uh, it's, it's debt, right? You're talking about yep, debt. It's on that debt. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. That one I got. Yeah. I've had a few since then that have had a few million views, but that one's still the most, I think it's got like five and a half ish million views right now, total, but it's just on leveraging debt, using other people's money to create wealth. And you know, the difference between the, um, it's kind of been my rally cry, the difference between the wealthy and, and you know, this as good or better than I do with syndication, the difference between the wealthy and the non-wealthy is people understanding of debt. People think that to pay cash for everything and they're afraid of debt. Those are the people that stay in the lower and middle class. The people that understand the power of using other people's money to buy assets that grow in value and produce cash to pay off the money you're borrowing yeah. are the people that can really create, you know, that generational wealth, that generational impact. You know, I wasn't trying to retire when I'm 60 with a couple million in my 401k and live till I'm 85 and give my kids, you know, a million bucks. I'm trying to create generational impact. And the best way to do that is real estate. And the best way to do that and grow in real estate is leveraging other people's money. Absolutely. And something that I think we, you know, if you've been in this business for a little while, you know, you've read all the books, you've talked to the people, you've gone to the conferences, and then it's sort of just a baseline understanding. What, what I see in your videos is you're taking these concepts that, you know, the people maybe in our circles talk about and, and sort of have that understanding of you're taking that concept and just explaining it to the massive in in 40 seconds right so you have to take this concept of why debt is a good thing in you know in this case and and getting that message across in 40 seconds uh, what is it up to a minute now or i guess if you have a certain number of followers you can go a little bit longer but what's the the thought process what is your planning process like when you are planning out these videos is this sort of spur of the moment oh this is on my mind let me make a video or are you being very deliberate and treating it more you know content calendars and planning things out i'm just really curious on the thought process there yeah for sure because yeah anybody listening if they're trying to maybe gain followers or you know get raise private money or you know whatever it is it doesn't hurt to have people looking at you and having the camera in your face and as comfortable as it is social media and influence is kind of the way of the future, just not to go on too much of a tangent. I mean, there's, um, there's, uh, there's directors that are quoted saying they're going to pick an actor that has more of a social media following over their acting ability just because of that influence. So it never hurts to get influence, no matter what industry you're in. So um, that being said, it really just depends on the time I have, honestly, Justin, it's, you know, some weeks I can sit there. If I can plan for 10, 15 minutes, even a video, shoot it, multiple angles, try to cut it right, have the right music. If I can spend a half an hour, 45 minutes creating a TikTok, it usually does pretty well. However, I don't always have that time. I try to do, um, I was trying to do one or two a day there for about the past seven, eight months, about the past month or two, I'm just trying to do, you know, maybe five-ish a week. But if I have time, then yes, I do do that. But there's no content calendar I stick to. I try to do that for kind of my YouTube, obviously releasing at the same time and, and some of my Instagram stuff. But TikTok is at this point, it's just kind of, if I have time, then I'll plan it out and do it. If not, oh, I haven't done a TikTok in a day or two. I better get something shot. And it shows because if I don't have time to do them, they just aren't thought out and they don't do as well and, and they don't perform. So it's just kind of more of the time. That's the, the cool thing about TikTok is quit the phone, put it in your face, um, put some music to it. And even if it is a spur of the moment thing, you can it can still blow up and get millions of views. It doesn't need to be super high quality audio or visual. They need to see and hear you, but doesn't have to be crazy as opposed to, you know, podcasts, we got these mics, it's got to be good audio yeah. and YouTube, it's got to be all cut and clean or the space is so saturated. You got to separate yourself. 
in, in TikTok, it's still not that saturated. If it's good content or you think of something clever, it doesn't have to be incredibly perfectly professionally edited and it can still blow up. So that, that's kind of the beauty of it. I think you're on the leading edge when it comes to investors on TikTok. There's not that many people. There's a few and, and everyone sort of has a different style, but mostly I think it's still, you know, personal people uploading, you know, teenagers, 20s you know, uploading personal videos, but I do think that you're on the leading edge of this. And I think that people uh, will start coming to TikTok as an educational platform. Obviously you, you do as well. Um, and that's, that's how you're building your base. So it's, uh, it's very interesting to me just how quickly these things are changing. But you mentioned, you know, if you can sit down and plan it out, even for half an hour, it does much better than the spur of the moments. Like what goes into that planning? How are you taking an idea and breaking it down in a way that's going to resonate with your following. For sure. So there, there's a couple of different ways that I've done it because I spent a ton of time because of the potential of it, at least analyze it. I don't always have time to shoot it, but if I'm, I'll listen to something in the car or, you know, be hanging out watching TV, I can't shoot a video, but I'm doing research and, and trying to make the, all the socials better, but TikTok because it's kind of the top of the funnel. Um, so a couple of different things. One, you just see what trends are out there. If there's that trend, you know, there's those, many of the trends are inappropriate trends. Yes. But <laughs> So, but you can make them your own. Um, one of my b bigger videos, one of the trends was, you know, they the girls would stand in a doorway and then it'd flash red and they'd be in lingerie. So I did right. that, but I didn't flash red in lingerie. I just, I just said something and then it flashed to me in a different outfit in red. So just taking the trends and making them your own. Sometimes it hits, sometimes it doesn't, but it usually that song or that concept people are used to seeing. So they're, well, what's he going to do with this? That's one way. The other way is just watching other videos that have done well and putting your own twist on them. Um, you know, you obviously, you know, you can't copy exactly or some I have several people that copied stuff that I do, which is fine, but just copy kind of the same concept or idea that other people do. And then um, trying to make it your own is another way. And then I do a lot of experimenting. Like I, I walk down my stairs yep. with one with uh, without a shoe on on purpose. And then, you know, it just I had thousands of comments saying, where's your shoe at kind of thing. <laughs> and that just blew up the video because all 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 social media wants is engagement and watch time. So people were watching it and then commenting on it. And then now I've seen a bunch of people do that since then. Um, and then sometimes I'll, I'll purposely misspell an obvious word in the first one or so then people are saying, that. I'm not going to take financial advice from this guy. You can't spell. Well, I mean, I can, but I, you know, do it to get the comments and get the feedback. So those are kind of, it's just, there's no like one way to do it. Just watching up with the trends, seeing other videos that have done well. And then what I kind of do is I'll like, search a hashtag, like search a hashtag, search like wealth, and then go search that hashtag and then see all the big videos that have, that are done on that and just put my own twist on them. And, you know, sometimes they do well, sometimes they doesn't. Um, TikTok's algorithms on purposely, you know, always moving and always changing and all that kind of stuff. So there's no real tried and tr true way to do it. You know, as I kind of think there probably is maybe more on YouTube and Instagram, a little more right. consistent of an algorithm. TikTok's known and I'm in it all day, every day they change your algorithm weekly. So it just, one thing works and then you do the same video that you think's better and it gets, you know, you know, a thousand views when the one that kind of sucked got, you know, 800,000, it just, it doesn't make a ton of sense. Right. And I think YouTube has stabilized a bit where they do still change their algorithms, but kind of see it coming and there's a, there's a sort of a rationalization to it. Um, part of, you know, being on that leading edge with, with the new tech is yeah, yeah, you don't know, but you have to keep trying. But I, I kind of think that's, that works with TikTok, where you just have to keep experimenting. That's really what they want. They want the fresh new ideas and fresh content. And um, I, I, you know, in preparation for this and just out of curiosity, I'd say over the last month, I've been 
browsing TikTok more and more. And it's just interesting how quickly these sort of trending videos come in. And it's like every video I see for a day, two days, is all sort of the one song or the one style and then nothing. And then it's something totally new two days later and then totally new two or three days later. It just moves so, so quickly. I'm, I'm really amazed by, by the whole process. It's brilliant. It's brilliant because it forces me to like get more creative. So I'll do a couple of videos in the blow up. I got uh, like about three weeks ago, I had three videos that combined had about 6 million views. And then like looking back and then, you know, a week later, I'm like these three videos that I shot a week later were no better than the ones that got, you know, 6 million views or whatever. Yeah. combined. And they have then these three videos that 50,000 combined. So it's just, it, it's, it's brilliant on their part. So, you know, when you're kind of in that little rut, you really spend some extra time trying to make really high quality content. And then eventually they'll get you out of the rut and surge you like crazy. And you're getting millions and millions of views and a bunch of leads, and then they'll shut you back down. So it, it's, it's brilliant. It's a hundred percent intentional. Like I'll go live and there'll be 700 people on it. And then, you know, three weeks later, I went, I went live yesterday and there was nine, there was 19 people on it. It's like, well, I got 1.1 million followers and there's 19 people on this live. Right. So obviously they're not pushing me to anybody at this point. So I'm just going to get off the live and, and wait for the next surge. So <laughs> man, that's, it's so funny how, how interesting that is. It's brilliant. Um, it's frustrating, but brilliant. Do you, so do you have any tips for us? Um, I'm going to be super motivated after this interview. I'm going to go start my own TikTok. What, what are some keys for me to, to start to build a, a brand on, on TikTok? Okay. I would say at the, the first, what I would suggest doing is obviously kind of what I did um, at first, at least just do one video a day for 30 days. They're not all going to be home runs. Um, they will push. I'm fairly confident with a new channel. One of those videos in the first two or three weeks, they are going to push to a decent sized audience because they want you to feel that rush. So one video a day, um, a lot of them are going to suck. That's okay. Um, it's uncomfortable having the camera in your face. I still don't love it to this day, but it's just mm -hmm. part of it. And then if a video flops, nobody sees it. That's the beauty of it. If, if it has 60 views, then only 60 people saw it. Who cares? Um, so I would just say be consistent at first and then just experiment. Try different things. Try to follow some trends. Um, be real. A lot of people say, well, I don't have a story. I don't have this, a bunch of, um, you know, this crazy you know, like Gary V or Grant, all these Grant Cardone, all these crazy, you know, people with all these social media influence. Like, I don't have that interesting of a story. Not everybody likes that. Some people want someone they can relate to. I want someone that's looking at their very first rental property and what are they, what are they doing? How are they liking it? Or if somebody's analyzing their first eight unit apartment complex, people love to see that kind of stuff because they can relate to it. So I would say don't get discouraged um, and think that you can't get a following because I promise you can. People love seeing other people's everyday lives. Wow, that's that's great. And one thing I'm hearing through all of this is that you're doing it, right? Am I, am I yep. assuming correct that you, you're not outsourcing this to a VA or trying to make it because I think that adds a level of impersonality that people can probably see through. Do you, do you agree? A hundred percent. That's a great note. Yeah, I still do it. Obviously the YouTube, I got Anna on my team that she'll shoot the videos, produce them, edit them and you know that. And then uh, Instagram, we have some things that automatically get posted mm -hmm. and you can honestly kind of reuse some of the content. I don't do the exact same stuff on Instagram as TikTok because why would someone follow me on both? But I reuse a lot of my TikTok stuff on Instagram and yeah, that, that's a great point. I'm the one, I'm the one doing the, the actual TikTok and editing it and spending the time doing it. I have outsourced a few things like answering comments or, you know, answering mm. DMs and all that kind of stuff certain times a day. I'm still in the one doing it a lot of the time, but at certain hours of the day, somebody else is helping me with that. If, because if TikTok surges, I get 
hundreds of um, comments or hundreds of uh, Instagram messages a day. And if it's not surging, then it's manageable for me. So um, yeah, but yeah, it, for the, for the most part, more than most people, I know I'm the one answering every comment and DM and I'm the one creating the content, at least on, on TikTok and mostly Instagram. Great. Well, wow, awesome. Um, so my audience, I know you guys are are here for the, the asset management side of things. I have just a few more TikTok questions and then we're going to get into the business side of things. And that's really where I want to transition to is how you're using this um, to support your business. So essentially, okay, great. You've got 1.1 million followers. You've got millions of people watching your videos, three years of views on one video. What does it get you? Why? Why are you even doing this? Vanity. I'm just kidding. That's how I say um, <laughs> okay. Show's over. <laughs> right. um, actually, yeah, that's, that's yeah, kind of the opposite of that, but yeah. So I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just trying to, you know, I like to, I like to work. I like real estate. I like hustling. I like entrepreneurship. I like to work 70 hours a week. That's what I like to do right now. Eventually I won't do that, but we're each in our early thirties. That's kind of what I feel like I should be doing. So yep. I just started all this because it was something to do to keep grinding, to keep, to keep growing. And eventually it would help, but Let's talk about how TikTok's really, really made impact. So I have a, a mentorship um, as well as a mastermind that I have that people you know, pay money to be a part of. And almost every single one, I would not exaggerate and say 90% minimum say, I saw you on TikTok. You grabbed my attention there. I went to your Instagram and your YouTube, saw you're legit. And then I signed up to get uh, to have a phone call with you and your team to potentially you know, take one of your courses or be in your mentorship or your mastermind. So it is like literally the top of the funnel. Mm -hmm. If, if I'm go, if I go, if things are surging, and I go live, I have screenshots on my phone where, you know, I'll talk during the live, there'll be 7,800 people on. And I'll say, go here, send me a message on, on Instagram for my free training. Send me a message on Instagram for my free training, which it's an 85 minute free webinar that at the end, people can have a chance to call me and my team and set up, uh, you know, time to discuss our mentorship. If not, great. Hope you enjoyed the webinar. But I've had over 100 people take that free training just from one 15 minute live on TikTok, getting 100 qualified leads that are interested in real estate and know you're giving them a webinar with a course at the end would literally cost thousands and thousands of dollars yeah. in marketing, um, you know, to get that funnel filled that much. I, I do just started some Instagram marketing and it's, you know, three grand a month for the company to manage it and three grand a month in ad spend. Um, it's six grand and I get 50 leads from it, 60 leads from it. Yeah. It, it's worth it if we start to close some of these, but I literally get, you know, I can, if I go live, you know, three or four times a week and I can get, I can get double or triple that in one week and it's free. Yeah. It's my time. Yeah. It's 15 minutes. Yeah. I spent a lot of time doing it, but it's just, it's social proof and it's the top of the funnel and it's a great way to get free organic traffic um, that would cost a crap ton of money to spend, you know, on with some yeah. advertising agency, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So, so you've got, that's a very clear path and a clear funnel. Was that um, deliberate? I mean, in the beginning you said you sort of just started messing around, but you know, how, how did you go from sort of testing and realizing, oh, this is actually something, did that change in the way that you present your videos or the way you tag your videos or just sort of talk about how you're now doing that so that you are intentional about getting people down into that funnel? Yeah, no, it definitely was not intentional at first. My goal at first was to just get people over to YouTube and then in the links of my YouTube videos and in my YouTube videos, I would mention, you know, head over to this to get the free training kind of thing. That was kind of the thought of it. But as I started to do these lives and learn that, you know, as you go live on TikTok, they, they surge your other videos. So I don't mm -hmm. have the exact numbers, but, you know, 
when I, when you're live, I would say probably your videos get pushed five to 10, your, all your other videos or your recent videos get pushed five to 10 times more than if you're not live so that they, okay. they're encouraging you to go live. They're, 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 they're giving you bait to go live because they just want people on their platform. So at first it was just kind of push them to YouTube. But over time, I realized that, you know, I really got their attention and I can tell them exactly what to do. I'm, I'm, I'm giving free information. I never sell anything. All I give, all I do is give as much free information as I can. Zero sales pitches. The only sales pitch I have is go check out this free training. It's 85 minutes. You can get, there's a ton of free giveaways. It's legitimate there. And at the end, you can set up a call with my team to talk about my mentorship. If not, I don't care. Check out my social medias. I'm not that hard up for your money. Check out my social medias and, um, check out the free training and you can learn a, a ton from it. If I had my free training in my YouTube video, YouTube channel, if I had that to watch when I got started, I would be miles ahead of where I am now. So I just help people for free, overcome that initial learning curve and change their mind and shift their mind that this is what potentially you're capable of doing. And this is how you can do it. Go do it on your own. Here's the path. But if you want some guidance and you want to be more effective and more efficient and, you know, not have as many, you know, toe stubs and obstacles, then, you know, pay me a little bit of money and I'll help you overcome those. So <laughs> it just always comes from the mindset of giving way more than you expect to get back. And then just, it's kind of evolved over time. Um, as far as how, how it works in the funnel, I did not expect 90% of my students and, and partners and, and mentor mentees to come from TikTok. That's for darn sure. <laughs> um, Matt, I, I want to just, you know, give you some, some props here and kudos because I do, you know, being in anyone that's been in real estate for long enough, you see the, the shills and the gurus and the people who the very first time you interact with them, you know, they're sitting in a Bentley and promoting, you know, their, their super expensive course. Um, and I did actually go through your, your funnel and even try to see, okay, what is he asking for? How, how do I pay this guy to, you know, just, just sort of go through your funnel to the checkout. And it actually doesn't end in, in a checkout. It ends in here's the free webinar. And there's not even really an option at that point, at least from what I found. So it sounds like you do have to go and take the course or set up a call at least, and then you get in behind that gate. So, uh, you know, shout out to you for, for approaching it with the right way of like education first. I mean, that's what we try to do on this podcast, you know, our YouTube channel as well, and, and just educate first, show people what we're doing, how we're doing it. And if they want to pay us later on for, for that deeper dive, then, then great. We're happy to help, but it's not really about that. I, I love it. That's a great way to look at it. Mine's almost out of, cause I starting to create more things. It's not a necessity. People yeah. say, I want to pay you for this. Like, I know this takes more of your time to help me out with this deal or to deep, deep diver, you know, deep diver, um, dig deeper into this certain, what, whatever they're wanting. And I will gladly pay you for it. We, it's almost out of necessity. Cause I give, give away so much and you, you know, you do too give away so much for free that, um, you know, there's obviously those people that are really want more and really want that guys in handholding and are willing to pay for it. And obviously I'm not going to say no to that. So, right. Now, do you get um, investors, partners, you know, who does anyone sort of in the, you know, that, that traditionally might think of coming from LinkedIn as like, hey, you know, let's let's maybe work together type thing. Do you, are you getting any of those kind of connections through through TikTok? Um, not so much through TikTok because TikTok's um, TikTok's like direct message system is not near as user friendly as Instagram. That's why I send most people to Instagram. I, I get a few messages on TikTok. Um a decent amount sometimes on and on Instagram. So I have had several people reach out on Instagram saying, yeah, I see what you do, have some extra money, would be willing to partner on something with you or would be willing to be a private lender for you. So I definitely have got a handful of those on Instagram and probably came from TikTok originally, but not necessarily in the TikTok actual message part of their app. But I definitely have gotten those on Instagram. And I'm not 
even pushing that. I think like, you know, you could, I could subtly say that, you know, obviously, you know, the laws and rules around raising mm -hmm. money, but could subtly just talk about partnership or, you know, you know, always looking for to partner with someone with money kind of thing, you know, say it the right way. And I think that would probably, if I needed the money, that would blow it up. You know, I kind yeah. of have a, a local source that I use right now for my money and, you know, some local pretty, uh, pretty awesome private lenders have been with me for a long time with some deep pockets, but eventually down the line, if I'm looking at syndication or, um, you know, even, you know, doing my own deals with, with some bigger money, I could definitely, it would definitely be a source for that. So I don't know if you're ever, you know, you've got a crap ton of units, but that could potentially be a, a, a you know, a side effect for you down the line. If you wanted to had a decent following and created some type of creative, uh, video or, or even post on it. And it could probably really get you a lot of money pretty quick. Cause in my opinion, you know, more than I do, cause I don't do syndication. There's way more money sitting on the sidelines than there are deals available. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're always looking for money. We've always got some kind of deal in the pipeline. Um, you know, and some of those deals we can publicly advertise and, and say, yes, we're, you know, we're open to accredited investors. I, I, I am imagining the the sort of the Venn diagram overlap of accredited investors and TikTok users is probably a, probably a pretty small small base at this time, but I bet that will grow as more people like you are talking about business and investing. Right, that circle is going to grow more. Sort of money, business, um, call it grownups <laughs> are going to be coming to to TikTok. I think uh, when they realize that that people like you are seeing that success. So uh, yeah, I, I'm sort of inspired in that way. I mean, look, you've got at the end of the day, you've got a, a subscriber base of 1.1 million people, probably many more by the time we, we air this show. Um, and you start, you know, oh, if you had a credit investor deal and you open it up and, and did some, some advertising on it, I'm sure that you'd, you'd probably fill up like that. Um, which not only gives you options for your deals, but then if you were to partner with somebody and, and want to bring money to somebody else's deal, um, that could be fairly lucrative for you as well. So um, I'll say I'm jealous and, and want to work towards it for sure. Well, you should, you should do it. Cause it, like you said, the, the subscriber base gets older by the day on TikTok. It's kind of, you know, Facebook started out, you had to have a mm -hmm. college, you know, little uh, email address to get on. And then now that's kind of the older, it, it just all works in cycles and yeah. TikToks, I think can be around for a long time. And they're continuing, like you said, they get, you can do, I can do three minute videos now, if I want, they're going to work towards a little bit more of a, um, you know, older clientele base, as well as different ways to get your name out besides just a, a 30 second video that it's going to, it's going to evolve. It's already is evolving. Um, it's going to evolve, you know, a year from now, TikTok's going to look so much different and it's still going to probably be the number one social media app, at least in the last rolling 12 for sure. Yeah. Um, so my last TikTok question then is, is not really about TikTok, but what is next? Like, are you keeping abreast of the next social media, the next network that you can go and and branch out to um, what are you hearing? What are you what are you trying to, to explore? Yeah, for sure. So I'm kind of treating a lot of the newer stuff that comes out pretty similar to TikTok, not quite as aggressively. Where I'm going to do a video a, a day on this new platform. Uh, there's like some copycat TikTok platforms, um, like like I think one with two E's, and there's different ones like that, and and clap and stuff like that. But I've done a little bit on those. But not really. I think TikTok owns that space enough. Someone's going to have to come up with a new concept, not mm -hmm. a video sharing entertaining app. I think TikTok's got that um, earmark. So I'm not going to spend any time on any of those copycats. But I've done a little bit on Clubhouse. 
I know some people like Clubhouse a little bit, and I, I, I think it's definitely got a potential to be big. I don't think it'll ever do anything like TikTok. So I'm always kind of experimenting with whatever comes out. There's that bit clout thing that's kind of like the cryptocurrency for influencers. Yeah. I got a, I got a, a coin on there. Um, nice. I'm always willing to try new things. But if you think about it, there's all these crazy social medias. But honestly, there's there's YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, and podcasts. I know there's LinkedIn, and I know Twitter's big, and I but there were the three big guys. You know, it's not like every six months, there's this new TikTok that comes out. You know what I mean? There, there's all mm -hmm. these little things that might have some type of foothold, but I'm pretty confident that, um, you know, for at least the little foreseeable future, maybe 12, 18, 24 months that, um, you know, YouTube, uh, Instagram, and TikTok are kind of the, the big ones that are going to be around for a while because Instagram just copies everybody else to try and stay relevant. Mm -hmm. And then TikTok's got such momentum that I don't see anything overtaking the space too much anytime soon. But being said, I, I got a BitCloud account. Uh, you know, I have one on, uh, you know, Clubhouse. So I, I'm always willing to, to experiment with the new stuff that comes out, try to be one of the first movers on it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we're, we're almost 40 minutes in just getting to the, the real estate stuff, but I, I definitely appreciate it because uh, that, that was for me. And, and if my audience gets something out of that, as I think you should, you know, having a base, having a following is, is so, so important in this day and age. You know, if, if you want people to invest with you, partner with you, eventually, if you're going to sell a course, even if you don't know if you will, you have to have that following. And so, you know, we've got a YouTube with 30,000 subscribers, which is great, a good start, I would say, but something that we want to keep growing. And um, certainly to have the, the power behind that is, is going to be really important. So thank you, uh, Sam, for, for getting into all of that. Anything just on that topic that you might find our audience might find relevant or do you think we covered all the. the I'll points? just quickly just just having an influence and being on social media, it's it's not going anywhere. It's going to get more and more impactful and more and more important. You know, used to the Kardashians, you know, were the first ones that kind of, they didn't do anything special. They just had a camera around them because you couldn't have the technology, but now you have technology in your hand to become famous. If that's what you want, you don't have to become famous. I get that, but it's never, ever going to hurt you to have some type of influence. So yeah. you can have joy out of it. If you have some type of business, whether it's a painting business, a grass, whatever it is, it does not hurt to have influence. So it's the wave of the future. And I think it's just going to get more and more important to have some so some type of influence and impact online. So I would encourage everybody to give 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 social media 30 days and it's not saturated. 99% of people on social media are consumers, 1% are actual creators. So there's wow. still room for everybody. Plenty of room. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. Let's uh, let's talk about real estate a little bit. You have, I know, um, some multifamily properties, a nine unit, 32 unit that we want to talk about. You're under contract on on more. Um, but you know, you, you told me before the show about your 32 unit being a really, really heavy value add renovation rehab project. Can you just talk, talk about that? Tell us uh, a little bit about that project and, and how you got involved and, and what the, the plan was and, and what you did there. Yeah, for sure. This one's definitely an interesting one. So this one was about four years ago, I think 2016 or 17, we looked at the property. Um, it's in a, I would say C plus area. Um, you know, it, it's decent not horrible, not like, not like, you know, a war zone or anything, but it's not, you know, anything crazy. And we looked at it and we wanted to buy it and we took it to the bank and the bank said, Nope, we won't fund you yet. You guys aren't experienced enough. We're not going to loan you this amount of money. And, you know, I said, all right, and let it pass. And then they sold it to somebody else. And then uh, like a year later, that broker that brought us a deal came back to us and said, you know, 
this person who bought the house is getting restationed into actually North Carolina. They're in the military. They or they bought the apartment complex and they're you know going to be living out there and they want to sell. Would you be willing to to buy it? And we said, yeah, you know, of course we would. And we ended up uh, getting, you know, by that point we could get funded from the bank and we put money down and bought it. However, it was in, it was in really, really bad shape. Uh, he had moved to North Carolina, I guess, probably six months before that. And that the place had kind of gone downhill pretty quickly. So we actually ended up, you know, buying it from him and he funded most of the rehabs of the turns in that next six months. So I would Seller say probably- did the seller did. Yeah. That was part wow. of the deal. Cause okay. he did, he didn't really have a choice. We gave him, you know, we paid 1.1 million for it. It was probably worth about that. So we were giving him market price for something that needed a lot of work. So I would say over the next six months, we probably rehab 10 of the 32 units. And in that first, in that first six months, we ended up having, you know, 18 people that we had to evict. We didn't just say, you know, screw you, you're out. We were, we're always extremely respectful with our tenants. We try to work out payment plans. We always, always do that. Um, I mean, we're collecting 99% of our rent through COVID. So I think that goes to show we respect our tenants and, and treat them the right way. But it was just a complete overhaul at first, a lot of cash outflow that we didn't have. So we funded, you know, what we could out of our um, cash flow and the rest of it, the, the, the person who's selling the property actually ended up funding um, most of those rehabs. And then we had a certain point where we're like, all right, if we get this many units up, you know, to market ready conditions, then, you know, you're, you're, you're done. You're, 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 uh, you know, your agreement with us is over. And that kind of, uh, that kind of worked out pretty well. And then we kind of had a pretty stable um, property that still had some turns needed, but we just have been kind of taking cash flow from those and turning them as the tenants have left. And um, we bought it for 1.1 and two years later, it appraised for 1.6 actually, I believe. Wow. So, you know, added a pretty good chunk of value and we were able to, you know, uh, kind of refinance and pull out some cash and, and pay off some lenders and do some things. But it was just kind of a, a weird one, as you know, most of them that size and are, they're just, they're never usually simple. There's always something kind of weird with them. I don't think I've heard of a seller staying on and financing the rehab. This is definitely um, something that I'm not familiar with. Did he stay on? So was it a seller finance or did he stay on as an equity owner and he still had to contribute? Like, how did you guys work that out? Well, I guess I, I guess I didn't explain that well. So we got it under contract with him for a close date in the future. So we didn't actually oh. close on it. So I, I probably explained okay. that. So we didn't actually close on it till he was done with, you know, getting to a certain point. So I guess that first, however many months, he still owned it. We just were operating it and collecting rent wow. and taking over management and then rehabbing, you know, we, here's pictures of the units. He has been in the units probably even before he bought it. Here's a condition of them. You see, this is going to be, you know, a one, you know, a one bed, 500 square foot uh, apartment. This is going to be eight grand turn. So, you know, then he'd, we'd get, do it and he'd send us the money. So we, I explained that improperly at first. Yeah. We didn't close on it till after that, but we managed it, took it over um, for that for a while until, until, you know, we got it up to the certain point and we ended up closing. I love the creativity. I think that that's awesome. That's what, and we kind of had to do, we didn't have the cash yeah. to do it. You know, we were helping him out by managing and getting turned around and he, he was able to get more of that market price. Once we got it up to that market price bill. So we did the work, we we're able to get it and line up our funding and he gave us an okay price, but we got it up to where it was somewhat near market price. Um, so it kind of really did work out for it, but it is the only way we could do it. We didn't have the money at the time. So. 
Well, and then you have a stabilized property, which means debt's easier to get and the funding partnerships. If you're bringing in other people, it just, it's that much more of an attractive asset. Plus you, if you're doing that and you're operating it for any amount of time, you're learning the secrets of the property, 100%. right? Cause every property has got secrets and skeletons and uh, sometimes physical, literal skeletons, but uh, you know, you're learning the issues and where the water leaks are and, and the, you know, the, the tenant base and all that. So what a great opportunity. I, I really love that. Yeah, um, it was an interesting one. That's for sure. Yeah. Kind of necessity and getting creative to make it work. So 18 of those tenants uh, had to go out. So I imagine cash flow dropped and, uh, and occup- with, with the occupancy drop. Is that correct? Correct. So then we had like a certain amount that we were supposed to pay him. I don't remember the exact numbers monthly, you know, to help carry his note, but it just came out of that. You know, he, he kind of bit the bullet there for a few months, probably had a pretty big cash outlay, but was able to get out of the property, you know, in decent condition of, you know, or in decent shape compared to what he, if he were going to sell to anybody else or try to sell it to, a, you know, a normal and not get creative. Man, I, I don't know. I'm pulling it out of, out of thin air, but I bet he's seven, 800 grand is all he would have got for that. So he's able to end up getting that 1.1 because we created the value, but we didn't spend our money doing it, but we just spent our time and effort. But we, like you said, we learned about the property and we're the only ones that were going to buy it once it was ready. Yeah. Wow. I love that. You, you locked it up and said, Hey, go fix this for me. And uh, wow. That's, that's awesome. Um, I love that. So with this unique scenario, you know, you're, you're operating this property, but you don't own it. Um, can you share some of the sort of dirty details and secrets that that things that might have happened that you thought maybe this deal will fall apart or just some real big unexpected surprises that that came along the way? Oh yeah, there there's always those. Um, like like you mentioned, there's always secrets. I guess one of them, you know, we didn't know if the deal was going to fall through or not, but the um, the basement was kind of caving in. So there's two 16 unit buildings side by side, and the basement was kind of caving a little bit. And the, you know, the, the sill plate and everything. And it was, it was the bottom of some of the posts, supporting posts were kind of rotted. So we ended up buying two or three 40,000 pound jacks and we just jacked up the apartment and, <laughs> and, and, you know, got everything stable. So we ended up just, you know, not really know what we we're doing. We had a guy that has done that before kind of, but we just bought the jacks and, and jacked up, you know, an entire apartment complex and, wow. and made it stable. So that was, that was kind of crazy, you know, hearing it creak and, and being underneath it as it was, you know, we, I think we raised it two inches. So a pretty good chunk, um, but we wow. stabilized it. So that, that was crazy. It didn't maybe not have the deal not fall through, but that was kind of crazy. And then did you, did you have an engineer look at that before you guys did that? Or you just had a guy that knew how to use some jacks and, and you went and bought them? You know, the answer to that, Justin. <laughs> um, <laughs> listen, that uh, while it worked out for you, I would not recommend that to our correct. Audience. I would not. Well, so the guy that the guy that um, did it with us, he's still with us. He's our kind of like our project manager for all mm-hmm. our rentals and kind of helps coordinate maintenance and and has very, very, very extremely skilled in all types of construction. And Good. he had done houses before and he had done it before. So we didn't just you know, we didn't have an engineer with us, but he had done it before. He knew exactly what we we're doing. He know where how to spread the load and, and he knew what he was doing. Um for sure. He had, he had done big houses, like lifted houses and moved houses. So it wasn't quite like, we're just trying to figure it out. We didn't, we didn't have, you know, professionals in there, but um, he knew what he was doing for sure. It was, it wasn't, we just like threw some jacks and then shot it up. So he knew what he knew what he was doing, but it was, it was interesting. And then just stories of tenants and, you know, just leaving spray painting all over the walls and tearing up, you know, the, the apartments and, having, you know, big bubbles form on the first floor from the second floor leaks and, you know, just all, I mean, nothing, nothing too like crazy one, holy crap, this deal might not go through just a lot of work up front, rehabbing all those units, trying to figure it out, coordinating with the, 
current or the, the owner at the time, how, you know, to give us money, here's how much, here's the pictures. It was just, it was just a lot of work to get, you know, 13 units, which was awesome, but um, it just, it just was kind of our only option at the time. So it was just a lot of work and just, you know, figuring it out day by day, no clear path. Let's just, let's just work hard and try to get this thing to the finish line where it works for everybody. Yeah. And you did it and here you are. So um, what, what was your role? You know, you talked about partners that you've got someone running the, the flipping business for you. Are you running the, the multifamily side of this? Were you the one making the decisions, talking to the owner? How, how do you guys set up your team there? Uh, yeah, back then it was kind of just both of us doing everything. Like we were, you know, running the flipping company together. We were running the rentals and, and the coordinating everything. And all three of us, me, my uh, business partner, Lucas, and then, you know, the old owner, just all three of us in emails. And we were doing kind of everything together, which was awesome. But Lucas and I've been, uh, you know, business partners and, and friends for 20, 25 years. So we know each other, trust each other. So we kind of divided and conquered after that was about a year, year, year and a half ago, we decided to do that. So you know, back then it was just kind of us both doing everything. But right now, um, Lucas runs a flipping company. I run the education company and then our property management company and our acquisition company. We both kind of, you know, go to do that. And Lucas kind of handles the operations and I kind of handle the acquisitions and negotiating and all that kind of stuff. So we're, we're, we're both kind of running our rental company together side by side. The other ones we're each doing our own, but our side by side, we are still running the rental company with far as um you know operations and acquisitions go at this point i kind of focus a little more on acquisitions he on operations but we're both kind of doing it because there's just so much that goes into that and yeah. we got a great team that helps us we got you know in-house property management company that manages our houses and our apartments and our storage facilities so we do have we do have support but we're, we're the ones kind of running the show got it got it and i don't think we said what market are you investing in uh, st louis everything's st. Louis. in st louis we, that's where you local. live that's where you work that's where you buy and invest everything yep. right mm-hmm. there Got it. I figured, judging by the artwork on your wall, but yep. <laughs> I thought I'd ask. Could be you just love the town. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Sam, this has been been so helpful for me and for our audience. Um, can you? I want to give you an opportunity to talk about a few projects you have going on. I know we covered obviously where people can find you, but talk about um, the the free training that you offer. Who you know? Who can benefit? What what kind of information are you giving them there? Yeah, for sure. So. My goal in that free training, and that's the goal, is to just have someone there and help educate them, and they can make the decision on what they want, to, where they want to take it from there. Is to just give you a basic understanding of real estate investing from like the foundational level. Like here is the options for investing in real estate. If you want to wholesale, here's a good understanding of wholesaling and how to do it. If you want to do rentals, here's a good understanding, and here's actual actionable items. And then flipping the same thing, just the best way to actually take your first steps and do it a little more efficiently and have a good basis of understanding of it rather. So you're not just going into any blind. So the goal of that is just to help kind of have people overcome a few of those first obstacles and get a realistic understanding because we, you do, you, you educate and teach, but there's a lot of educators that did it 10 years ago, wrote a book, sell the same course they sold 10 years ago. We're actively investing. You're crazy active as well. You know, we're flipping 200 houses a year. We're rehabbing a ton. We're doing rentals. We're doing apartments. We're doing so we're doing it all. So there's no better coach and someone to teach you, or at least just show you virtually on social media than someone who's actively doing because things change all the time. Laws change. You know, you know, strategies can change over time. So and and we learn and get better every day, and we update our information every single week. We're updating um, our our course and things to try and make it as up to date as possible. So. The goal is in that free training is just to give somebody a good basis where they can go and be successful and have a good understanding of what they're getting into rather than just going into it blind. 
love it. Just giving it all away and, and it's mm -hmm. free and, and helpful to folks. So I, I, you know, I appreciate that. Uh, you know, that's, that's how I learned from, from other people, from, you know, some really popular um, investing websites that, that sort of have the same mentality. Let, let's just give the education away. And, you know, later on you can become a customer if you need to, but, you know, let's start with the basics and see if it's something that, because that, this really can change people's lives. And that's, what's so exciting about it. And I see you talk about this on, on your videos. It's like, it's life-changing and it doesn't take that many deals. You don't have to go buy a 300 unit apartment complex to change your life. One rental property, the first rental property sets you apart from so many people and then the next and the next, and all of a sudden you're, you're really building some wealth for yourself. It's awesome. For sure. I mean, yeah, just getting five or 10 rental properties can, you can retire five years earlier or you can retire better. You can get a vacation house that's paid for through cash. I mean, there's just so much you can do with just, just a few properties. And like you said, you get one rental, you own more real estate than 99% of the population. So you're doing something right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay. So, so education through faster freedom. Um, you also are launching a podcast, which will be around the time this episode comes out. So tell us a little bit about the podcast, what it's called and, and what you're going to be talking about there. Yeah, for sure. So obviously, you know, TikTok and Instagram, those are short form platforms. You can just get, just try to grab attention. But, you know, having people really dig in and connect with me and, and get to know me better, we're doing with my YouTube and now the podcast, um, as you're doing it here, it's just a way to connect with people and give more information, be a little, you know, have a little more fun with it, get to know us, get to know me personally a little bit better talking about my life and, you know, probably, you know, just talking about business and entrepreneurship and mindset. So the name we're still, we're still coming together with something, something faster freedom related probably, but it's just going to be a, another way, another touch point for me to connect with the audience and, and to give more for free. And as, as you probably know, someone that listens to us for 45 minutes on this podcast is going to learn a ton and be way more connected than someone that watches a 15 second TikTok. I mean, walking down the stairs with no shoes on. So um, it's, just, <laughs> it's just kind of a, a deeper level, deeper understanding and for people to get to know me better because each platform you can only do so much and it has its strengths and weaknesses. And as you know, like I keep saying better than I do, the, the podcast is just a great way to connect with your audience and, and to get a deeper relationship with them and, and help them out even more. Absolutely. I, I mean, I love the feedback that I get, you know, someone will message me like, man, I learned so much from that episode. And like, that just warms my heart. Cause I'm like, I learned so much too. And really that's sort of a, a selfishly for me. I'm like, Oh, I want to learn about, you know, TikTok from Sam, the, from this guy that's doing it. Let me invite him on my podcast. You happen to post like, I need to go on more podcasts. I'm like, come on, let's go. Let me DM Perfect. you. So, and that was like two days ago and here we are recording this. So, you know, selfishly, I learn a ton from being a host and now we've got a connection and, you know, times, however many episodes I have, I've had the chance to sit down and connect with you for now what's going on to be an hour. And, and so hopefully this is the start of a relationship that we're building. And so that's sort of the, the secret for, for podcast that podcast hosts know is like, it's a great relationship building tool, not only with the people listening, but the, the people that you're interviewing and talking to. You're right. Real estate or relationship business. I mean, Absolutely. all businesses are, but I can't imagine one that has that's more, you know, dependent on building good relationships than real estate. So, and this is a, a great platform to do it. I love it. Love it. Well, uh, Sam's podcast, uh, by the time this comes out, will be linked and, and posted in our show notes. You can get that at truemultifamily.show. Uh, definitely check out his podcast, his training, his TikTok. If you haven't already, you probably already are because everybody's following Sam on TikTok. Um, Sam, before we go, um, someone approaches you and says, hey, I want to get into multifamily investing. What is your true multifamily tip for them? All right. The true multifamily tip would probably be to just, just 
do it because I know so many people that have analysis paralysis. They're trying to figure out the exact cap rate and, and what, what, how's the cap rate affected if I get rent or if the, the real estate taxes go up because we just bought it, the price went up just to do it. You're going to figure it out as long as you have somewhat of an understanding, which I'm, it sounds like a lot of your users probably do. Even if you, yeah, you know, you feel like you overpaid a little bit. If you have so much control over forcing that appreciation by, you know, doing it the right way, but cutting expenses or getting, you know, market uh, the rents up to market rate. You have so many options with multifamilies. That's the beautiful thing about it. You control the value of the asset, not the market. So just go get a deal. Don't overpay too much, but just go do it. You will figure it out. You have this, this podcast, you have a million different resources online for free. You will figure it out. Just go do it. And your first deal is not going to be your best deal. I promise you, but it will get your foot in the door. And after we bought that 32 unit, we had banks coming to us seeing that we did it and could operate it and manage it and fighting for us and getting great rates on things. So just getting that first deal is going to be the hardest, but just go do it. You will figure it out. You have so much control with multifamily as opposed to other types of investing, controlling the value of the asset. Just, just go do it. I love it. I love everything you just said and, and absolutely agree. So Sam, thank you for coming on the show. Great to meet you and uh, stay tuned for my first TikTok coming soon. I'm, I'm inspired. So thanks I'll a lot. I'll be Sam. watching. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode. Check out our website at truemultifamily.show. And if you have an amazing story to tell, share it on our Facebook community and you might just be the next guest on the show. We're also on all other social networks. Just search True Multifamily. I'm really, really proud to have this show produced by our company, On Air Brands. Check us out at onairbrands.com. We also have an incredible, unique podcasting event that we would love for you to be a part of. Check that out at podmax.co.